Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Scientific breakthroughs. The unveilings, spiritual revelations, the openings. That's fine. Mm. Hijacking the mind. What? Aluminum bonds with intelligence. Rewind the message. Merry Christmas. Thirteen indigenous immigrants. State of the unison. Addressing nothing. Foundations can ruin. Level to level. Fuck the embezzlement. Tales from the crypt. Hitting blood rituals. Fifty skulls flying over California. Vacation. Flying dragons. Swords and daggers. Lions and tigers. Gotta get my parents or parish raw flesh, vampire, vegetarian, I'm a malnutrition, chemically imbalanced, Ethiopian, in Helen Kush, blue projects get pushed, mold with the bush, standing on the middle line, no defining, swirling dervish, in between space and time, just a fix Tuesday, another news day, north, east, west, south, west, not here to confuse the day, just a fuse the way, uh, another Whether you suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees, come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted.
We've had a home foreclosed on, automobiles repoed, locked out of our business, yes we walked through the FICO, matters not if you were sorry until it's run down your cheeks, so it's best you sway your chest, get up, get dressed and face the people, and ain't no use in running because life it don't stop coming, the future's here, the past is present, shit now ain't that something, it's bumping like your heart be thumping when adrenals pumping, through your blood no clumping when that shit just don't stop dumping, most folk ain't riding business, feeling like everything's stupendous, it's real like here, hard to have no feel when you get jammed up in pinches, so nigga get dirty just to get that paper for water to Wash the dishes. Diamond, 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 Seven chicks up comb through the catacombs and zones, searching for the honeycomb. Homes my cologne, reach the struggle in low tones, the scent of some dried bones by the hound dog just foams. At the mouth, he wants me out in the open. He just hoping to expose me to the frozen frigid winter. Guess I'm chosen to be golden for this battle of the eon. I'm no chattel or no peon. Born a king and I will be one. Take the mirror, you will see one. Or a queen, for that reason, I was sent to be a beacon for the season. I'm Aquarius. I overcome nefarious, imperious. My rank and file so serious and serious. Cesarean section, bust through your gut so you can feel me. Like Bobby Blue and Johnny too. These muddy waters coming through with dirty shoes and bruises. I reach for you. I'm reaching for you. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Diamond, 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 diamond. This is your motivational message. Look and listen to this lesson. Life's just a series of testing. You either passing or failing. You either sinking or selling. Inhaling roses, you smelling. Exhaling shit, you expelling. No ejections. Ain't no belling. This is the telling phase of your journey. The point of your life when you earn thee. Distinction of one who understood, overstood, and innerstood. The tried stone rejected by the builder who knew you could. With 32,000 pounds per square inch of pressure, become a diamond. 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 To the people, power, power to the people, power to the people, power, power to the people, power to the people, power, power to the people, power to the people, power, power to the people.
As my pen inks, my mind speaks divine bloodlines, abstract concepts, metaphors, and simplistic sublimes. My delivery's okay, but my writing's another time. Zone of its own, like honeycombs and armies inside. Of my mind, I think it right, it kick it, then go and hide. In the furrows and the jungles of Jamal's hidden eye. Caught you staring, maybe glaring, still I will not comply. With the status quo, it's freedom, bro, that I hold on high. Hip hop. Holy scripture writers always collide With the masses who wear glasses blocking vision inside If offer classes with the passes mean that I'm verified Conversely would a failure guarantee that I'm vilified Choose to reside, yes I just write Jamal outside county lines For the city limits, games and gimmicks cluttering time As fast as camera flashes, yes I read the symbols and signs The birds and the vines, the bees and trees, they all intertwine I live outside the box when my system knocks Something abstract, let my mind think before my eye blinks Watch my dirty soul, don't let it sink, I stand naked as me I live outside the box, when my system knocks Something abstract, let my mind think before my eye blinks Watch my dirty soul don't let it sink, I stand naked as me. you sit with your hands on fit the mitt, you're on too long for the outfit. And you come with no permission to certify that you're legit. Face the perils of the pits and the fists of pessimists who suggest that you should quit. Get a job and shovel shit, buy some dope and try to pitch. You got the fever for the flavor, but the flavor leaves an itch. And until you scratch the bitch, as a slave you be as pig. Now take a step into this ditch that you dug, can you dig? We're adults, no longer kids. For mistakes, just consequence and hesitance. Cause cleanse the lens that's been sold by foes and friends. Love for teachers. Preachers can like pissing in the wind if you don't start over again and change your thinking. This lesson is about your perception. Your mind is the ultimate weapon. False reality is the ultimate deception. One, two, mic check it, we break it any given second. I live outside the box when my system knocks. Something abstract, let my mind think before my eye blinks. Watch my dirty soul, don't let it sink. I stand naked as me. I live outside the box when my system knocks. Something abstract, let my mind think before my eye blinks. Watch my dirty soul, don't let it sink. I stand naked as me. Three in the midst of this reality. Refuse to be a casualty, so casually my mind patrols a galaxy where atoms be colliding with themselves and splitting constantly. Explosion and destruction is the birth of creativity. I'm crazy, see, maybe what you think of me, where well, I agree it takes a little lunacy to see outside the fantasy. Imagine we remove the canopies, caps and coverings, exposing the true piano keys and play these melodies. The people would be pissing, levy penalties on enemies and government officials would be running for the hills and plead the tyranny that you inflict with the car and surprise you follow me. Hands up in the air and raise them hurriedly, ferociously, emotions be the captain's soul, so let them sink a herd, no blur, vision 2020 peep, planet surfing, mega hurting frequencies, you feeling me, you feeling me, you feeling me, you feeling me. Planet surfing, mega hurting frequencies. You feeling me? You feeling me? You feeling me? Peace, peace, peace. This is Brother Jamal. Back at you, black at you for another broadcast of Tips and Tricks Tuesday, live on First World Order Radio. I'm sitting in for the good brother Blackwater, the man of magician. And today's date is April 25th, 2017. 
And it's funny on my clock it says seven eleven. Seven eleven. April twenty fifth, twenty seventeen. Always glad to have another opportunity to kick it around a little bit, share some some thoughts, share some knowledge, get your feedback, continue this energy flow as we are moving through the great quickening. First and foremost, I'm going to send a shout-out to Dr. Eileen Bay, Princess Kadira L. Bay, to Brother Blackwater, the Metamagician, Brother Fahim L., and to you, the First World Order family that uh, tunes in either online or through your phone or listen to the podcast or go back and catch it on YouTube. Either way, we appreciate you listening in and donating your time and your energy as we, again, keep moving down this path of the great quickening. It's beautiful, beautiful times to be living in. It's also um, fortunate to be in the know in these times. Not saying that either of us knows it all, but I definitely don't. Um, but the, the 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 true value is in being in a place where you know that you don't know. That's that's truly what knowledge is. Is getting to a place where you realize, uh, you begin to realize how much you don't know. And that is what drives you along this endless quest, you know, to crack in this great mystery. Now, some would have us to think that um, we just should just live our lives focusing on being the best we can be um, from some type of moral standpoint and just try not to rock the boat, try to find a way just to, as the homie says, get on that smooth Cadillac ride. But there are those of us, very small percentage on this planet who cannot settle for that because our souls will not allow us because of agreements that we made before this incarnation. And uh, so it's not something that that it's done out of pursuit of glory. It's something that's done out of necessity because your soul will not allow you to rest without it getting the nourishment that it needs. So I welcome you who fit into this category, if we dare use that term, category. You know, everything these days is about what group do you fit in. Well, the group, if you want to give us a group, we'll just call them those of us are on the quest. And that's it. That's as far as it goes. We're on the quest. 
So it's a privilege to be one of those who are on that journey this evening. First and foremost, I want to remind you of good brother uh, Dr. Aileen and Princess Kadira's website. That's com. I will not do it the injustice of trying to tell you what all is on that site. Just let me say it's everything from your physical to metaphysical needs on com. Much appreciative to them for allowing me to come and sit in and share. So definitely want to make sure we support those who support us. And uh, at the same time, support yourself by getting products that are going to help with your cosmic evolution. I also want to make you bring to your attention those who are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and, and let's just say in the state of Texas. Let's not put any limitations on it. Or say in Oklahoma, in certain parts of Louisiana, that on May 6, 2017, that's a Saturday, from 3 to 5.30 p.m., the Inner Sanctum Study Group will meet and we'll have a sister who's going to be presenting, going to bring that powerful feminine energy. Her name is Sister Kai. And Kai will be talking on the subject of the connection, knowing thyself through alchemy. Powerful title, the connection, knowing thyself through alchemy. Understanding that there is no calling higher in the cosmos than knowing thyself. That is your number one responsibility in your incarnation is to know thyself. And through knowing thyself, to lift up thyself, which is what alchemy is. But sister is going to get busy and break this down to the very last compound, as we used to say back in the day. So make sure you have your face in the place. Saturday, May 6th, from 3 to 5.30 p.m., we will start, start promptly. So please be there on time, and uh, it will be at Fitness 360. That's uh, 4312 Live Oak Street, Dallas, Texas. Once again, Fitness 360, and that's 4312 Live Oak Street, Dallas, Texas, 75204. There is a $15 charge at the door so we can take care take care of the room or the the facilitators can take care of the room and if you have questions please reach out to purpleus at eloria web at msn.com that's e-l-o-r-i-a w-e-b-b at msn.com or kai at k-y I-E-S-H-A-R-Smith, that's S-M-I-T-H, at gmail.com. All right? So we look forward to seeing everybody in the area with their face in the place on May 6th. 
I'm excited um, about the upcoming website that I've been telling y'all about. It's mastersofthecosmos.com. Mastersofthecosmos.com. Write that down. It's going to launch in May. Next month it will be launching. Masters of the Cosmos, in a nutshell, is a site geared towards exactly what the title says, helping ignite the power in you and I as we continue on this quest to return into our rightful positions in the cosmos, which is masters. Anything less is uncivilized. So one of the things I will be doing is um, working through the archetype and whether we um, want to admit it or not, Christianity is an archetype. Jesus is an archetype that's embedded in our DNA. So with this website, what we're going to do is because we understand psychology. We're dealing on a higher level now. We're dealing on an advanced level of metaphysics, okay? So we're understanding that uh, these archetypes, never die, even if you were not raised in the church. If there's any of that in your DNA, then that's an archetype that still permeates your being. And the thing about an archetype is it has to be integrated. We talked about that when we dealt with Dionysus a few weeks back, the trickster. You know, that trickster has to be integrated. So the reason that I'm approaching from the standpoint of I deal with a lot of Bible stuff, I do, and, and I take that and merge with a lot of mytholo- other mythology because the Bible is a mythological book as well. The reason I do that is because it is a familiar, familiar concept in our lives, no matter how conscious we are now. Archetypes never go away. So what we do is, so that the archetype does not cripple you, you must master it and take control of it and convert it. Once again, it comes back to alchemy. And alchemy, more so than anything external, is a mental process. The, 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 the greatest alchemical kitchen or laboratory is your mind. Make no bones about it. Everything else is just an expression or an extension of the mind. But the mind is the number one alchemical laboratory or kitchen where them Pyrex pots really get to banging. So this site is going to be one where um, we're going to be working towards our metaphysical and occult esoteric mastery of self. And I'll be providing tools. Uh, it'll be three tiers. It'll be a membership, premium membership. It's going to be like the cup cost of a cup of coffee per month. To have a premium membership, you get access to all the premium uh, video lectures. You get discounts on everything else, especially my, my book that's coming up. I also have a free membership 
where you can go on there and you can have access to what we'll call the, uh, our resource tools. See, my thing is we're in the point of mastery. We're not in a time cycle where it's about gurus and followings. It's about developing your mastery. So my wheelhouse is I teach on how to think and how to research like a master. So when you have this membership, the, even the free membership on the site, which the, the name of that free membership is called the Inner Sanctum. The name of the premium membership would be the Adepts. Your Inner Sanctum free membership, you'll be able to go in there and see research tools. So when I was coming back from Indianapolis with Sister Zeta, she said to me, have you ever thought about doing something where you work on showing people how do you come to these these conclusions you come to, or how do you get you know come to these you know jail these these thoughts or this knowing that you present? And now I, I told her, I said that's very hard to 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 tell somebody how I, that's really challenging. And I kept thinking, I said, I said, okay, I'm going to accept that challenge, and basically put it into like a curriculum, uh, a moving, morphing curriculum that, that keeps on growing. So one of the main things I'm going to have on there is a document called the 72 Wise Words. You know, you got the 72 chakras on the pineal, 72 conspirators are set, 72 builders of Ptah, you know, and so forth, the 72 wise elders that they changed to 70 to try to hide the relation, the, the correlation with the 72. So this document is going to be a badass document because it's going to take words that you're very familiar with, and I'm going to do what I do on this show. I'm going to break them down like you break down. When you really know how to eat chicken, chicken off the bone, you break the bone and suck the marrow out. That's how my grandmama say you're really supposed to eat that chicken. I'm going to give you the breakdown that's equivalent to you sucking the marrow out of a chicken bone. 72 wise words. A whole bunch of other stuff is going to be available on this site. So I'm very excited. Stay tuned. Masters of the Cosmos is coming in May. All right. So all our commercials are out the way, uh, I think. So we can get into our um, topic for tonight. Um, I'm going to try to whittle this thing down and hopefully, you know, we can get this all in. I want to, I want to uh, talk on the subject of sin, the ultimate theology. Sin, S-I-N, the ultimate theology. And uh, I'm going to basically deal with what I love, and that's um, language. Language is one of the ultimate tools of the magician or the sorcerer. You just think about, let's just say just a, uh, let's, let's take a, any ritual. What is something that you're going to have in just about any ritual you do. 
you're going to have some type of incantation, something you're going to say. And when you speak, you're speaking in words, and word means sound, and sound means water. So you're always bringing some type of water. Even if you don't say nothing, you just pour water, that's still an incantation because that is a vibration. All vibration comes back to water. So when you have a degree of mastery over language, that is a very integral tool to having your magical tool belt. Language. It's the simple stuff, the little things that make the biggest impact. So we're going to apply that tonight dealing with language, and we're going to reveal some things and uncover some truth dealing with this concept of sin. And um, before I even get this thing kicked off, I have to say, you know, I know, why do I deal so much with this Bible? Why? Um, one, because it's a miracle. It's a miracle that I can even understand anything in there because I never read the book. When I used to, you know, go to church and all that, I never read that book. Never had any interest. I tried, you know, like, I need to get my life together. And I'd pick it up and try to, I never could force myself to read that book. So it's a miracle that now I can pick it up and I can pick up a Quran. I can pick up any of these texts and I can, I can, some things might take me longer than others, but I can understand it. So that's miraculous. And then here's another thing is as a child, I used to always think about this. And even into my adulthood, they always say, you know, in, in Islam, you know, you're considered a slave of Allah. You know, and in Christianity, it, it always was, you know, you, they got this whole campaign now with all the, you know, they had, uh, I can't remember this boy that was here with the Rangers that was a drug addict, um, white dude, and he was part of this campaign. And so I am second. I am second. I'm second to God. And, you know, then when you go to church, it's always this thing of worship, worship, worship and praise. And then, and, and, and you get there, and the preacher make you feel bad because it's like, you ought to be up out of your seat praising the Lord. He woke you up this morning. He put breath in your lungs. He put food on your table. And you ought to be, you know, and then they go as far as to say you were created to give praise. And that used to mess with me because I used to think to myself, you mean to tell me? You got all the power in the universe, and you just created me just so I can tell you how great you are. I never really told anybody that, but I said, that's the most egotistical shit I ever heard in my life. And it used to bug me because I felt like it was bad for me to think that way. Like, what the fuck do I need to spend all my time Telling you how great you are. Don't you already know how great you are? You mean my sole purpose for being here is just to tell you how great you are and that I ain't shit. 
Now, see, that thought right there has probably permeated through the minds of every religious person at some time in their life, but they're too scared to say anything about it because that's blasphemous, that's sinful. So these are some of the things, you know, that's kind of why I feel like we need to go back to the source of the trauma. See, that, that our religious experiences are traumatic. Anything that tells you that you are, um, you are rich, you know, you are nothing, um, and so forth, I think you have to go back to that and you have to deal with the source of your trauma and then work your way. I don't think I know because that's just a common thing with anything. you got to go to the source of where your trauma began. And you have to tear down some things and demystify and integrate some things. You know, we often confuse morality with spirituality. It's one of the problems with religion. We often confuse morality with spirituality. So I want to go and just jump on into this. Let's go to a book that John Henry Clark always talked about. And then Bobby Hammett learned about it from him, and he always talked about it. And I learned it from those two scholars. And this is, Who is this King of Glory? by Alvin Boyd Kuhn. This book, this one book right here, destroys the concept of religion, especially Christianity. I mean destroys it. Scholastically, common sense wise, however you want to weigh it up, destroys it. So listen to this. It goes in and first it, 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 it deals with, see, most people, I got a lot I want to say tonight. I had an experiment, experience, I'm just going to keep it real, with a client last week. And, and it was humbling because I, here I am, 40 damn years old, and I still ain't learned. Do not try to share information with people who either don't want it, too stupid to get it, or too damn arrogant. Do not do it. See, sometimes it's what happens. You get so excited because you know things and you just feel like you got to share it. Or or you got your mind made up you ain't gonna say nothing and people will pride you to get something out of you. It's what this woman does all the time, client of mine. I go to her house, and she's five Beta Baptist, dipped in the Holy Spirit Christian. Now, 60% of her conversation about the religion is about effed up people at her church. Some man tried to hit on her, or one of the deacons tried to hit on her, or the women talking about how she dressed. And I'm sitting here looking at I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this is what a hypocritical ass concept this is. But everybody need to take their ass to church. So her soul, though, 
wants to get out and wants to damn get some food, but she shuts it down. That ego shuts it down. So she'll show me little books to try to, what do you think? All these Christian propaganda books, and I'm biting my damn tongue. And I finally can't hold it. And I tell her, I said, all these books you just showed me are mind-control books. How can you learn about something when you're only hearing the propaganda about the subject? And I made the egregious error of telling her, I said, I think you always show me this stuff because your soul really wants to know more, but you shut it down. Let me be perfectly clear with you. I'm already sold out to Jesus. My soul, my spirit, and my body most of the time. She said, most of the time. I said, this is some comical, juvenile shit right here. But I was really irritated. I can laugh now, but that shit really irritated me because I felt my energy drain. Because I felt, here you see, this is what we got to be careful about. This is why I take this platform so serious. Because people have all seen, because of Dr. Eileen's, who he is and people know of him, they already come in here for the most part to have something higher. That's why I take this so serious. I respect the fact that y'all are here. Just the mere fact that you're on here and listening, whether it's live or, or podcast or whatever, you got to be on a certain level to even Digest this. You got to be careful where you throw your energy around. That verse about don't cast pearls before swine is real. I casted pearls before not trying to demean the woman, but mentally and spiritually, she would be the equivalent of, of swine because she rejects knowledge. And I'm passing on my learning experience that had to humble me and my ego. Let the dead stay dead. Them motherfuckers don't matter. We coming down to the real. It's, it's, it's real now. And I know I'm echoing. This is Bobby Hammond, 1998. Echoing it because I, I can feel that shit. When you have these real-life experiences, <laughs> it hits home. You really feel like a dumbass when you try to kick knowledge to somebody who only wants to reject it. So shame on me if I fall into that trap again. So I, I, I had to say that and address that. But this idea about morality versus spirituality, Alvin Boyd-Kuhn, he, he 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 addresses that in his book. He what he explains is that he really breaks down what Hebrews five and twelve is really saying. So let me do that first. Let me read you Hebrews five and twelve. Y'all know it. Y'all y'all familiar with this? Hebrews five and twelve. Let's see. It says, for those times you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. 
For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature. Those who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Good and evil code for knowledge. So what I try to do is give some damn, some damn beanie weenies. I try to give a damn cookout hamburger to a damn three-month-old who needed some damn milk. Let them niggas who want milk, let them keep drinking milk. And I mean that because we waste our energy trying to force something on somebody who don't want it. So let's go a step further. Now let's get back to to Kuhn here. He says, he talks about what that scripture is saying. When you're a child, you need childish things. When you're an adult, you need to move on to something higher. So he introduces these two terms, the krestos and the kristos, completely different things. Krestos is C-H-R-E-S-T-O-S, krestos. The Christos is not the same as the Christos. I mean, it's just a little passage. He says, it was in all probability that the religionists referred to Jesus as the Christos, or good man who was to be through and after his initiation, a transfiguration reborn into the true Christos. So let me break this down into layman terms. The crestos is about the whole morality thing. This is what bothers me about religion. I'm 40 damn years old. I do not need to go nowhere and to get lessons on morality every damn week or twice a week. I don't need more lessons. I got my ass beat enough. I'll see, I was the one in the family. I learned my lessons quick. My daddy... Where he beat ass was on another level. You get down to your draws, you get your ass beat in the shower, you come out, you got whips on you. I rem- this, this to this, I remember every ass whooping I got, and for what reason I got my ass beat. I learned from them whoopings. So that's the child stage. I don't even remember how I even got off on that shit. But either way. That's the child phase where you're being reared. Oh, yeah, I was talking about morality. You've been taught right from wrong. Henry Robinson did that early for me. I remember when my mama slapped the shit out of me. I was 13. I said something fly, sitting on the bottom of the steps. She slapped the shit out of me. And I learned, don't try that little red woman. That's where you learn your morality. When you are an adult, you're supposed to be going into the higher learning. You're supposed to have the foundation covered. So the crestos is the foundation of you having moral, upright standards. You know, I don't go and steal from my neighbor and, I, you know, my homeboy, I'm not going to try to go and, you know, get with his wife and all that. That's common sense. Now we are adults. We're supposed to have solid food. To become the Christos, Christos as in crystallized. Okay, so let's start there. Let's start there. 
Let's move here. And uh, organized religion promotes the idea that only a few will be saved. How egotistical and arrogant is that? Only a few going to make it in. That's bullshit. Everything must transcend. Because here's the concept. The concept is this. There can't be anything outside of the no thing. There is nothing outside of the all. So that means that you, you can't be everything and then there be something that exists beyond that. That, it, that, that, that That's a contradiction. So if you're dealing with a concept that's talking about the all, then that means the all is all-encompassing. That's why, for us, we can't waste our energy dealing with idiots because, see, we even are working on their behalf even when them idiots don't know it because everything must transcend. Another problem with organized religion is is what Kuhn titles one of his chapters as in his book, Sublime Myth Makes for Grotesque History. Sublime Myth Makes for Grotesque History. A key problem we have with organized religion. I have said that a million times, key problem. There's a lot of key problems, ain't it? Is um, the followers inability to realize and we're going to, let's just deal specifically with the Bible, but this is across the board but dealing specifically with the Bible the inability to realize that that book is a collection of mythological stories that if, 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 if a person can start from that foundation everything else is like ABC after that that is the major obstacle to overcome, just to get in your head and understand these are mythological stories. It's no different than Dionysus and Bacchus and Osiris and, and Adonis and Apollo and Zeus and Poseidon and Odin, Astarte, Anana, Isis. There's no different. It's mythological stories. And that is why they can't learn the deeper esoteric knowledge because they get stuck at the door of, oh, this is historical fact. And you have people who spend years upon years trying to rewrite stuff to make it to, to make the timeline match up. Because it's the an impossible task to take a mythos and make it into historical record. Let's see what Kuhn got to say about that. We're going to go to page 79 in his book. Let's see what he got to say about that. He says, Hardly any event in the annals of mankind has wrought more serious consequences than that sudden 
an overwhelming change of character in early Christianity from a philosophical religion to one of devotion and feeling so faithful for later times. What converted it into this devotion and faithful and devotion and so forth is the historicity of the damn religion. When you took a concept and made it into a historical or concepts, plural, and made them into historical characters. Now, what amazes me is that, and I can speak from firsthand experience with this, is you can deal with people who hold jobs, who they're making six figures, and they're making all these critical decisions, and, yeah, I got to talk to, I'm a product, project manager on this, and I got to go over here and deal with, I'm talking to the people in Boston, then I got to talk to the office down in Australia, and this and that. They can do all of this critical thinking on the damn job. And when it comes to that religion, you can tell them that a nigga had a pink shoe and a purple shoe, and he rode a unicorn at night inside of a bubblegum factory. And they will believe it. That's some amazing shit. That is some amazing shit, and it blows my mind. I don't care how much I I, 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 I say I, I understand that and I know it, it still blows my mind. That a person can be so intelligent in one hand and can be such a damn idiot and another and, and and get belligerent. It ain't a, it ain't the problem of not knowing. It's the problem of not wanting to know. And then when it, when when anything is presented beyond the 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 canonized thought that you have, oh, you talk it down. Oh man. But let me say this though about myth. Myth is very powerful. I don't say all that to say that myth is just. Poppycock. Let me tell you what myth really is. Myth is very, very powerful. Myth is more powerful than history. Let me give you a definition coming out of Myth and Reality by Mercia Iliad. It says, myth narrates a sacred history. It relates an event that took place in primordial time, the fable time of the beginnings. In other words, myth tells how, through the deeds of supernatural beings, a reality came into existence, be it the whole of reality, the cosmos, or only a fragment of reality, an island, a species of a plant, a particular kind of human behavior, an institution. Myth, then, is always an account of a creation. It relates how something was produced, began to be. Myth tells only of that which really happened, which manifested itself completely. And it says, the myth is regarded as a sacred story and hence a true history because it always deals with realities. The cosmogonic myth is true because the existence of the world is there to prove it. The myth of the origin of death is equally true because man's mortality proves it and so on. Now, now you may think that what I just read contradicts what I just said about this stuff in the Bible is not historical. 
you got to understand the context that we're speaking of when we say historical. The, the, the concept of Christ is historical. The person or the particular man of Christ is not. The concept embodied in Job, the concept embodied in Abraham, the concept in, embodied in Isaac and Jacob, they are real. And some of the events are real, but they are not in the sense that they're told as in the historical platform that they're given within. Yes, there was a tearing down of the Tower of Babel, but it was not literally some men in the desert on some damn uh, scaffold trying to build a brick tower. The story is historical in that, yes, when the ego took over or the conscious mind took over, it tore down the subconscious and buried it. The subconscious is called the, it's the, it's the, uh, I can't remember Jung's term, but it's, it's the universal, uh, no, it's the personal, personal consciousness. And then you have the universal consciousness is your unconscious. That's what would be what we call the Akashic Records. They pushed all of this back. The human brain pushed all of this down. So, see, it, it is historical as a concept, but it's not historical as an actual event where these dudes are up on the scaffold building a tower. It's the myth tells the history of a symbol, not particularly of a tangible thing. Let me say that again. Myth tells the history of a symbol or an archetype. It does not necessarily speak to history in the way that our minds think of it, in a linear fashion. It's very key that we understand that. So now we've got that foundation down. I was going to read something else. So we got to keep moving because, shit, we already an hour done gone by, and we ain't even started. So we're talking about seeing the ultimate theology. Let's start with, let's break down language. Let's break down etymology. Let's break down the word sin. Let's go to the famous book, Origins of English Words. I always recommend Let's look at the etymon of the word sin. Sin comes from the root S, E-S. Now, I want you to keep in mind, too, what I just said, etymon, etymology. So I know that might, or just, just hang with me. I'm going to tell you what etymology really is. Sin comes from the root S, E-S, means to be, Sanskrit, asti, is. That's the Sanskrit word associated, asti, which means is, or su, S-U, as in good. Now, I want you, if you're familiar, Dr. Phil Valentine has a lecture where he talks about the isness of being. Basically, he's saying becoming. He's talking about 
see, we, we take the word Christ because that gives us a reference point. But Christ is kind of limiting in itself, the concept. It really comes down to, to being, becoming. That's what you're doing. You're becoming the I am that I am, the isness of being. So sin it means to be. It means is. It means that it, it means that's what the fuck you are. It means the essence. Another Sanskrit word that comes from the same family is sat, which means existing. Or the Greek word ontos, which again means being. So when you hear people talking about ontology, so people don't whoop you with words. If somebody says, well, we're dealing with the ontology, ontology is metaphysics. It means the nature of being, ontos, being. So ontology or metaphysics represents sin. It is a sin to do what we're doing right here. But sin is good. We're going to keep going. Also, at the same family, we have the Greek word etumos. And guess what that means? Truth. What is? From the Greek word etumos, guess what we get? We get the word etymon and the word etymology. Now, what am I always talking about? The etymology. The etymology. You think I'm just trying to slap my damn uh, scholastic wings. No, I'm telling you, get the essence. My grandmama is 86 years old. She drives my mama crazy because she'll take her food because she can't chew up some stuff. (laughs) Oh, man. She'll chew the food up and then spit the shit out on the plate. And she tells my mama, I just wanted to get the essence out of it. (laughs) Oh, man. She was like, she just wanted to get the essence. That's real shit. To get the essence out of something, you need to know the etymon, the etymology. That's what the word means, the essence. We're using words that we don't even know what the fuck we're saying. That's why it's important. You get put in game because you don't know language. That's the ultimate magic trick. Okay, Latin, we get S-E, E-S-S-E, again, means to be, as in essential, essence, entity. You see, all these words tie back to the original we started with, sin. If you want to know what sin is, it means to exist. It means your being. It means truth. It means to be. Even when you write, we use this all the time, this shorthand, we say I-E. Even when we're talking, we say uh um uh my shoes as in uh, or i e my nike's well even that little shorthand is latin for id est id second word e s t id est when we say i e that's what it really means you know what that comes from same damn family it means that is to be essence We also get the goddess Sati comes out of this too. Sati is one of the wives of Shiva. So who is, what is the story? Here come the mythology. I tell you, it tells you truth. 
layers and layers and layers of truth and mythology. So Shiva was married to the essence. So Shiva and Sati is the equivalent of Satan, get thee behind me. Because the back represents the essence or the feminine aspect. Sati is the feminine aspect of Shiva, his essence, the hidden part. All right. Now, come on. Come on. We're going to keep dancing with this. From Sati, listen to the word, Sati, Sat, Sat, Sat. From Sat, we get Sit. And from Sit, we get Set. Sat, Sit, Set. Both come from the root Sed, S-E-D. That means to put down, as in sediment, as in sit down. Set down. Oh, where are we going now? Stay tuned now. Now, Sati or Sati is one of the wives of Shiva, like I said. She is the existence. She also, listen to this. There's a story where Sati, her, her, her father, I think his name is Dakshi, Dakshi, and he disrespected Shiva, basically. And she gets pissed off at her father, and she throws herself on the sacrificial fire just to show her fire, to show her father just how much she resented the way he disrespected, disrespected her husband. She threw herself on the pyre. Now, Sati now is a name given to women who burn themselves in the funeral pyre of their husbands. Now, now look at now, but but keep going deeper and use your your imagination or your creative mind. What happens after something is burned? It leaves what? Ashes. Ashes would be what? Its essence. Oh, oh. So if ashes are left over, wouldn't ashes be the equivalent of shit? Ain't shit left over from your food? Ashes are used to fertilize a force after it's burned down. That's how the new vegetation grows from the ash. Leftover. Shit is left over from your food after you digest it, and it fertilizes the ground. All of these tie back to what? Sin. Sin is the ultimate theology. Let's keep going. One of the Hebrew words for sin is hatta meaning do wrong, miss the way, but it also means to purify, to cleanse. Now, the word purify is synonymous with the pyre. Remember I said Sati threw herself on the funeral pyre. Now, let me break down these two words. Pyre means fire. All right? That's associated with Sati. Now, listen, when Sati dies, she reincarnates as the goddess Parvati. Parvati means pure. So we see the association between fire and purity. See, I'm telling you, these are masters who wrote these damn mythologies. This shit is cold. I'm talking about physics, chemistry, everything is wrapped up in these mythologies. You see the association between fire and purification. Those two are interchangeable, all stemming from sin. 
We analyze the above to find a connection between the concepts, like I said, of burning, fire, and purification, cleansing. They are correlative embodied in the term sin. So, in all organized Abrahamic religions, check this out, a life full of sin leads to a sentence to hell. Mm. Now, what happens in hell? They say it's a fire. You, you're going to be burned down and go come back, and then they're going to burn you back again. That is the number one selling tool for organized religion, especially the Abrahamic, that's your Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, is that if you don't do right, you're going to go and burn your ass up in hell. Right? Show you right. This is esoterically understood through the human concept of the sale or the seller. And I'm going to tell you what's real. This is real revealing. This is why I'm telling y'all to get that premium game. You've got to understand language. At least you ain't got to be no master of all language. You got to at least dabble in everything. You know, eat a dish of this, a piece of this, a little bit of that to get you to to broaden your perspective and you can really see what's being said. Now, prime example, Arabic word for sale is spelled, I'm going to spell it first. In English, it's spelled K-A-L-I-Y-Y-A. But guess how it's pronounced? Haliata. It's like when I tell you about the story about, about Al-Akdar in, in the Quran. Akdar is spelled with a K, but it's pronounced Akdar. So here we have another K that's a soft K for the word sale. Listen to how it's pronounced. Haliata. Haliata. Hell. Phonetics. That's why you teach the child with phonics starting out, because phonetics is the, the, the missing link back to all languages connected, phonetics. If that shit sound alike, it is. As juvenile as that might sound, if it sounds alike, it is alike. If you trace its origin back. So hell is the cell. C-E-L-L. Cells in the body. That's hell. Listen to this. The cell holds a divine spark, representing the underworld, just as the cellar holds or stores the fine wines, which biologically refers to the blood. Thus, Christ is venerated during the Eucharist. The Eucharist is another name for communion ceremony, with the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine, which unites this entity with Dionysus, because Dionysus is the god of wine and delight. The God of sin. Oh. The God. Also worth noting. Now this is now this is I really want y'all to perk your ears up. The Hebrew word for seller, because we're talking about a sale. So let's go further and talk about seller. 
You don't find the word sell in the Bible, but you do find seller, C-E-L-L-A-R. Guess what the Hebrew word for seller is? Osar. Bingo! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Osar. O-S-A-R. That's the Hebrew word for seller. Now, you got... Let me read the, the the definition that they give. Seller meaning treasury, storehouse, storeroom, storage, vault. Now, hold on now. First of all, what does it sound like? It sounds like Usar. Usar, Osar, Usar. Now, if I'm grasping for straws, then let me go a little deeper. Listen to the definition of seller as it pertains to Osar in Hebrew. Treasury, storehouse. Where was Osar placed the first time he was tricked? Into a coffin inside of a a Biblos, inside of a tree in Biblos, in Phoenicia. You heard of the chest of Osiris? It's all connected. Now, although Osar, as representing Osar, corresponds to darkness, it is also synonymous with light because we know light is produced from darkness. Listen to what I'm saying. What does the cell do in the body? The cell in the body holds light. We are light bodies that are trapped in cells. Just like the brothers who are in prison, they are light bodies trapped in a cell. That's the macrocosm reflecting the the uh, microcosm. All right? Furthermore, the light with hell in the cell, the divine substance, the entity, also correlates with fire. So now you got hell. See? The light the fire trapped in a cell. As the latter is expressed in Hebrew as Ur. Uh-oh, uh-oh, here go another one. The Hebrew word for fire, or one of the Hebrew words for fire is Ur. You are. Now, I'm going to test you, you, you Bible thumpers, or you former Bible thumpers. Where was Abraham uh, born? Was not he born in Ur of Chaldea? So, the word Ur means light. Guess what else it means? East, the direction of the sunrise. You're getting an alchemical breakdown in these scriptures. But I ain't going to get ahead of myself because I I, I, I'm going to keep laying this thing. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Then... With another rendering in Hebrew of the word fire, we see a more direct link between sin as purification and fire. Now, y'all got to stay with me because you know how I do. I I, I try to keep building. You have to follow what I say because everything is building on the last thing. I just said on one of the words for fire in Hebrew is ur. Now I'm going further and I'm going to build on that and I'm going to come back and connect fire again. With purification, all right? 
With another rendering in Hebrew of the word fire, we see a more direct link between sin as purification and fire with the Hebrew word es. Oh, shit now. One of the Hebrew words for fire is es, as in es. Hold up now. Hold up now. Wait a minute. Where did we start? Didn't we start this thing saying that sin Men means uh, comes from the root S-E-S, as in essence. So the fire is the essence. Uh-oh. E-S in Hebrew meaning fire, flame, lightning. Through this exploration, we also find more evidence of the correlation between, uh-oh, Christ and Lucifer. As another name for Christ is what? My Muslim brothers out there, what is Christ calling Islam? Issa. Issa. Essa. Issa. Issa. Essence. So we have sin connected with the essence, connected with the fire. But it is Lucifer who is compared to lightning in Luke. Wait a minute now. Hold on now. Luke? Lucifer connected with lightning? But ain't Christ connected with lightning? Because Christ is Esther, the essence. And essence, or S-E-S in Hebrew, means fire, flame, lightning. Okay, let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke. Let's read what they say in Luke about this. Luke 10, 18. Let's see what they got to say. Um, We're cooking with grease now. Okay, 10 and 18. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. There we go. Says it right there in the book. Now, I'm, what I like to do is I like to bounce back and forth and show you how these concepts in the Bible are universal. How, so we can really transform this and get the most out of it. There's a, in the I Ching, there are these eight trigrams, and my favorite is called the trigram of water because it looks like an H, like my name. And the trigram of water, let me tell you what it is. It's two parts water and one part fire, basically H2O, two hydrogens and one oxygen. So what is that really saying? That's two parts water, one part fire. That go your water is used for what? Purification. Fire is also used for purification. That right there embodies the connection between Christ and Satan, Christ and Lucifer, all right there. If you get that, go and look up the trigram of water in the I Ching. You'll see it. It is water encasing fire. What else is that? That is Osiris standing between Neptunes and Isis when they got their the wings open. It is the cherubim that sit on top of the Ark of the Covenant. You know, the two winged angels? It's telling you that is the fire that comes from the phallus, which is the semen, in between the two walls or the two labia or the two wings on the woman. The divine combination that brings about Christ, masculine and feminine. 
positive and negative. Nullification of duality. That's what sin, one of the purposes of sin. Your sin is your win. Sin is the ultimate theology. Again, from Sati, we find the root corresponding with the words set and sit, as I said earlier. Both sharing the root said, meaning put down. But let me tell you why I'm bringing that back up. Listen to what I said. You got to think like a child with your, with your uh, uh, imaginative mind, your creative mind. Listen to this. If the root said as in sediment or set down means to put down, then let's go further. We can deduce that if something is put down, shouldn't we go on and say that it's equivalent to lying down? If I put you down on the ground, I can say that that fits into the same category as I lay you down. Let me tell you where I'm going with this. You may think I'm grasping here. Let me tell you where I'm going. What I'm trying to show you is that sin, if you break down the concept, is the same as the law. Now, hold on now. The law. The word law comes from the root, L-E-G, leg. And then the other root is another. It's pronounced leg, but it's L-E-G-H. L-E-G, the first root, means gather, set in order, consider but the second root, which is L-E-G-H, means lie, lay. You ever heard the term lay down the law? Now, what am I getting at now? What are the first five books of Moses called? Called the Torah. What does Torah mean? The law. Moses goes up. Where did Moses go to get the damn law, ladies and gentlemen? Where did Moses go and get the law? He went to a mountain called what? Sinai. What's the first three letters of that damn word? S-I-N. Moses went to sin to go and get the law. Oh, 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 oh. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and receives what? The Ten Commandments. This shit is deep. Because I told y'all the Gnostic creation story where Sophia existed with her masculine half and they were called the mother-father. Now that area that they that they uh, 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 existed in is considered, if there's a number, a numerical value, it is the number 10. 10, because 10, like I said last week, and I've been saying, 10 is really the number one. What the story is saying is that they were whole. They were whole. It was a complete mind, all right? She decided to, she wanted to know herself, and she fell and moved without the con, without the help of her consort. So that means she fell, and she became the number nine. As the number nine, she created from an incomplete state, and she created something that fell beneath her to the number eight. 
that thing being created out of an incomplete mind, which would be called the conscious mind or the ego, thought that it was the totality of existence. That's why it's called Aldabaoth, the demiurge. Aldabaoth means the blind god. Aldabaoth, out of his arrogance, went and created seven other archons beneath him. Archon is the same as angels, arcs, angles of light that fell. All right? He then wanted to create some servants to cater to him and live under him. So he goes to fashion man. With this is mythology I'm talking. So we're actually talking about the development of the damn human brain. And that human brain is what creates our reality here in this three-dimensional world, our brains, all right? He could not animate the original creation because they had no divine spark. He then has to go and ask his mother for help after she checks him and says, no, nigga, you're not the only one in existence. I'm above you. I created you. So she tricks him and says, let me blow my divine essence through you into your creation. Now, stay with me now, because I'm about to bring it on home. What she blew in ancient Kemet is called the five epigominal deities. She blew Horus, Seth, Isis, Osiris, and Neptes into his original creation. In the Gnostic scripture, I think they call him the defies, uh, divine host or whatever. What happened was she had to go and she had to get the, the, the aid of the, 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 her consort. He sent down these five. Do you know what them five I just named, epigominal? Epigominal means that which is left over or that which is sent out. That would be the remnant. He sent down a remnant, which was part of him. He is at the position of number 10. You got 46 chromosomes, adds up to the number 10. He sent down his 23 chromosomes, and she mixed them with her 23 chromosomes, and she blew divine power into original man and woman, making them higher than that which created them. But listen. The five that was sent down represents Christ, and Christ represents sin. Sin represents law. The first five books of Moses that came down. Listen to what the word law means. Lay down, set down, put in order. That's what came down and was blown. That's what the whole concept of the five books of Moses or the Torah is talking about, sin itself or the divine essence that was blown into original man and woman. It was sin. If y'all ain't getting this, then you can ask me here when we get done. I hope this makes sense. That's, it's not by happenstance. You got five books of Moses. Christ represents the fifth element. The great mother brings down five heavenly hosts, the doggone in ancient Kemet that's got five epigominal deities. Why five? Why five? Five, 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 five. 
because they're trying to tell you something. The number is symbolic. So Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. They're telling the same story to get the divine essence to bring down. Hebrew word, Hebrew meaning for Sinai or Mount Sinai, it turns into Sinai, means sin, glare from white chalk. But if we go to the Indo-European breakdown of the word Sinai or Sinai, we get the root A-N-E. Now, this is how we bring this thing Further home, what did I say that the great mother blew through the blind god Aldabaoth into his creation? She blew her divine breath, which included the five heavenly hosts or epigominal deities that came down from her masculine consort. Breath. Guess what the Indo-European root, which is A-N-E, which is the root for Sinai, guess what it means? Breathe, breath, that which animates. And from the same damn family, you get the word prana. I rest my damn case. See? I rest my case. Go back to the podcast and listen to this again. Or go on Dr. Eileen's YouTube and listen to this broadcast. Get you a piece of paper and write down this stuff. Because I know I'm saying a lot, you know, with all these different twists twist of the words and things. So let's go further into the concept of sin. Sin is the original moon god. If you go to uh, the Woman's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets by Barbara Walker, it's a smoker. Uh, a great a great book to have. <laughs> crazy. A great book to have uh, in your library. Uh, she talks about the god Sin and says he's the original moon god of Mount Sinai, mountain of the moon. He ruled over the land of Sinem. Look at how these these everywhere we see him. Sinem. S i n i m. She says, the God Moses met on Mount Sinai claimed to be the God of Abraham. Though he said Abraham knew him by a different name. Name, excuse me. And she goes on to say that Abraham as Abram is synonymous with Ab-Sin. Now, we know coming out of Kemet that, that before they became uh, lunar, uh, solar uh, driven with their deities that it was first lunar. It was lunar before solar. So that would make sense for Abram to come after Absin. The masculine comes after the feminine. So the five books of Moses as the law correspond I'm just kind of recapping with Satan. Oh, man, this boy. It's on, oh, my God. 
So uh, the five books of Moses, as the law, correspond with Satan, Lucifer, because he was laid down or brought down to the earth, chained down for a thousand years. So if y'all if y'all following along, if you happen to have a Bible, go to uh, Revelations thirteen and eight. And I know this is stuff that we we dealt with last week, but this is worth recapping because I mean, really, these these concepts uh, they keep unfolding as you keep looking at them. They keep on unfolding. So, Revelations 13 and 8 talks about, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I told you wrong. Revelations 20, starting in chapter 20, it talks about how um, Lucifer or Satan is chained down. Let me just read it. Quit being lazy. Let's just go back and let's just go to it real quick. Chapter 20, verse. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil. And Satan and bound him for a thousand years That I told you that was a creation story Well it's also In keeping with that creation story It is the same story that I just told you about Christ coming down And being blown The essence into original man and woman When that essence is blown into the original man or woman that essence is then locked into biological cells of the body. So that means that it was trapped. It was trapped in a cell. See what I'm saying? Oh, man, I thought I'd turn this off. All right. Christ is the fifth element who died for our sins. Now, we already dealt with that before about with the story of Superman. Superman is probably the best way to understand the concept of Christ dying for our sins. Because Christ exists in another world, or Superman exists in another world of the planet Krypton. He's called Kal-El. Kal-El means curse in Hebrew. The curse is that the curse is your another word for curse is essence. That's what curse. It's another word we got to demystify. Sin means the curse. The curse is that you have the essence, divine essence, running through your veins. That's what the curse is. So Kalel comes and he dies for our sins. Christ dies for our sins because basically it says. And we want to put it in mundane terms. We suffer because of our greatness. We suffer because of there's something in us that, that must be refined. 
So the crucifixion story is the account of the slaying of the lamb at the foundation of the earth. That's Revelations 13 and 8. Sin is the ultimate theology that embodies what form the Christ takes into this dimension that we live in. Let me say that again. Sin is the ultimate theology because that embodies what form the Christ takes when it enters this dimension, the dimension that we live in. So I don't care how many prayers you do. I don't care how many times you go to church and you read your Bible or your Quran or you, you know, you take Wadu and Salat and so forth. You are still a sinner because your sin is something that is represents your DNA, your cosmic DNA, and it's something that you should be proud of. That's all I'm trying to build up to. Sin means your essence. Like the old woman used to say, be what you is. So what I'm saying is to be Christ-like is to be a sinner. Literally. Now, mind you, we're talking to an educated group of people. I'm not trying to tell you to go out here and be no fool and drop an anvil on somebody's head and say, I'm being a sinner. No, we're talking to people who are supposed to have a certain degree of maturity. If you don't know how to act right, you know, just act civilized. This is not the conversation. We're talking to those who've already conquered basic grade school common sense and how to be a good citizen and all that shit. Okay, we're talking about on the higher level. So to be Christ-like is to be a sinner. Now, let's, let's, let's take this thing another level. The Hebrew word for sinner is ahor, A-H-O-R. Now, listen what it means. It means the back of the body the rear, the hindquarters, backward from behind, the west. Now, remember I told y'all I said the west course, the back corresponds to the west, the front to the east. We see, by we break down and, and dig into the meaning of the words, we can find that what we're saying is corroborated. All right? The back is the west. Well, what's in the back of your body? The spine. A star is buried in the west. The west is where the spine is, the, the jet pillar, Jacob's ladder, the Tower of Babel, the watchtower, all of the above. The rear or the back is also feminine. That corresponds with the right brain, which is the east side of the brain. So the west of the body corresponds with the east of the brain, which is the right side. All right? The world as we live in it is a hotbed of immortality. Yet the facades of dogma and morality constantly are shoved down our throats. You know what the word morality? It comes from the root moro. You know what moro means? Moron, fool. This is why you constantly tell adults how about morality 
you have them pack into these buildings every week and teach them moral lessons because you're teaching them how to be a fool. While the institutions that promote this false narrative participate in the most heinous acts. Furthermore, the Abrahamic religions are based on the concept of organ of or original sin being associated with the pursuit of knowledge. So what I'm saying is that the ultimate sin in the society that we live in has always been and remains to critically think, to pursue knowledge, and to tap into your divine feminine power living within you. And I'm going to go even further. I was sitting at the gym the other day, and uh, something hit me. And I say, here go the real seven sins, deadly sins in the world we live in. Being honest and sincere. Two, being content with yourself. Three, questioning everything and everybody. Four, thinking for yourself. Five, not caring what anybody thinks of you. Six, being quiet. Seven, knowing who you are and your worth. Those are sins in the world that we live in today, based on the connotative sense. Not on what we have learned tonight, what sin really means. These are on a connotative level. These are the sins in the world that we live in. Now, I mentioned just a second ago about sin, uh, about the word sinner coming from a whore in Hebrew, and it means the back of your body. The back is feminine. Let me tell you something that happened yesterday at the gym that gave me a little revelation. Something simple, it ain't all that deep, but it's something to make you think. I was on a machine called a step mill. It's a cardio machine, and it looks like a big escalator. And my right knee started hurting all of a sudden. So I got to thinking, I said, you know what? I know I, I've been training, training my calves pretty hard lately. And I said, I know what it is. It's my calf muscle that's causing my right knee to hurt. There's a lot that you can pull out of that. My right knee is in the front of my body, all right? But the problem, the area that was causing the problem was not there. For me to work out the problem that was in the front of my body, which is my knee, I had to go to an area that is in the back of my body, which is my calf muscle. So I stopped and I started massaging my calf muscle and I went, it was on the right side of my knee in the front. I went and massaged the part of my calf that was directly behind my knee to work out the knot because that freed up the tendon in my knee so I could, so it could move uh, easier. What can we glean from that? Sin represents the West. Sin, sat, set. Set, Satan, set, the sun sets in the west. The darkness. Sin basically amounts to melanin. Melanin is something that was left over from another dimension in this world. Dark matter. So in order for you to know thyself and to fix 
what's going on in the external world. You've got to go into the dark. In order for you to fix what everybody sees, your mask, you've got to go beneath the mask or behind the mask. For my knee to stop hurting, I had to go and deal with my calf muscle, which is in the back of my body. This is some serious shit. This is what the power of sin is. Let me give you another analogy. When I'm training an athlete, if I want an athlete to run faster going forward, guess what muscles I need to train harder? The ones that's behind him. You want somebody to run faster going forward, you need to train their butt muscles, which is called your glutes. You need to train their calf muscles because from the back of the body, the explosion comes from. If I want to get stronger on my bench press, guess what I need to work on more? Instead of going in and trying to max out every damn day on the bench press, I need to build up the muscles in my back. The concepts that we deal with, when you deal with truth, the shit becomes universal. You can use it anywhere. Once you fully understand these concepts, you understand what these symbols truly mean, they become universal. You use them anywhere. From the profane to the esoteric. I want to, since I got through most of this quicker than I thought I would, tried to speed it up. I want to finish with a story. Let's do some fireside chat shit. I want to finish with a story. I want to read you something out of one of my favorite books, The Sufis by Idris Shah. It's another book that uh, Bobby Hammett recommended. I want to read you this story. It's about four travelers. All right. On this occasion, a newcomer had just asked our teacher, the Aga, whether there was a basic urge toward mystical experience shared by all humanity. We have a word, replied the Aga, which sums all this up. It describes what we are doing, and it summarizes our way of thinking. Through it, you will understand the very reason for our existence and the reason why mankind is generally speaking at odds. The word is Angaruza Minabustafo. Angaruza Minabustafo. And he explained it in a traditional Sufi story. Now listen to this. Four men, a Persian, a Turk, an Arab, and a Greek, were standing in the village. They were traveling companions making for some distant place. But at this moment, they were arguing over the spending of a single piece of money, which was all that they had among them. I want to buy Unger, said the Persian. I want Uzum, said the Turk. I want Enib, said the Arab. No, said the Greek. We should buy Stoffel. Another traveler passing, a linguist, said, give the coin to me. I undertake to satisfy the desires of all of you. At first, they would not trust him. Ultimately, they let him have the corn. He went to the shop of a fruit seller and bought four small bunches of grapes. 
This is my anger, said the Persian. But this is what I call Uzum, said the Turk. You have brought me in it, said the Arab. No, said the Greek. This is this in my language is Stafel. The Greek the grapes were shared among them, and each realized that the disharmony had been due to his faulty understanding of the language of others. The travelers, said the Aga, are the ordinary people of the world. The linguist is the Sufi. People know what they that they want something because there is an inner need existing in them. They may give it different names, but it is the same thing. Those who call it religion have different names for it and even different ideas as to what it might be. Those who call it ambition try to find its scope in different ways. But it is only when a linguist appears, someone who knows what they really mean, that they can stop the struggling and get on the eating of the grape. I'll be goddamn. That's some powerful shit. That is some powerful shit. Thank y'all for listening. We've just talked about sin, the ultimate theology. What beautiful times we're living in. All the secrets are being revealed. Phone lines are open. 563-999-3738. This is Brother Jamal sitting in for Blackwater, the Meta Magician. Chips and Tricks Tuesday on blog, on damn, on First World Order Radio, Radio. Beautiful times. Truth can stand up against anything and at all times defend itself. I want to remind everybody that on May 6th, have your face in the place for the inner sanctum. Pull it back up. Presents the connection. Powerful, powerful title there. Let me, bear with me one second. My computer running slow. Let me pull it back up. Uh, my fault. Here we go. The connection featuring Sister Kai. And it's knowing thyself through alchemy. The connection, knowing thyself through alchemy. That's Saturday, May 6th. 2017 at Fitness 360 starts at 3 p.m., goes to 5.30. That's at 4312 Live Oak Street, Dallas, Texas, 75204. more information, contact Purpleist at EloriaWeb at msn.com or Kai at K-Y-I-E-S. H-A-R-S-M-I-T-H at gmail.com. $15 fee at the door. And we look forward to people from Oklahoma, from East Texas, Louisiana, all parts of Texas to come and have your face in the place because um, we never want to miss a gathering when we are deciphering this most important information. 
Also want to remind you that coming up next month, like I said, mastersofthecosmos.com will be launching. Masters of the Cosmos. This is the place or the, the, the major hub for you to come and to get these esoteric vitamins. If you enjoy the information that you hear going out over these airways, then you definitely want to be a part of mastersofthecosmos.com so that you can further feast on these esoteric occult delicacies where there will be no time constraints where we go all the way in. You're going to get this masterful document called the 72 Wise Words where we're going to break down the etymon of 72 very uh, well-known words uh, from Christianity that have all these very esoteric and occult uh, meanings hidden in them. I'm going to also be holding a class uh, coming up this spring, uh, later in the spring, where we're going to actually go in and break down and we'll walk through this list and we're going to break them down and, 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 and talk about what does each word actually tell you. The way we see how we did with the word sin on here tonight, Imagine we do that 72 times and then we come back and put it all together and show how all this stuff fits into this big stew. We're cracking codes now. It's time. It's time for the masters to be back. So be on the lookout for mastersofthecosmos.com. Phone lines are open. We're going to go to 740. 740, you're open. We're good. Peace and blessings, brother. Peace, good brother. How you doing? Oh, well, man. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that good word tonight. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you were shooting three-pointers all night. You're making them. All <laughs> 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 oh, you did was just throw them up and they went in. <laughs> Hey, sometimes you gotta close your eyes and shoot, man. Right. That's some that's some Steph Curry on the hot plate right there. Hey. You know, every now and then, every now and then you know you get in that zone. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I appreciate it, man. I sure appreciate it. Playing out four quarters with a blindfold on. Hey. What can I say, man? Man, you, you know, don't have to say that old saying, say the, say the sunshine on the dog's ass every now and then. That's right. <laughs> That's old country <laughs> saying. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, I got to ask you this, man. Uh, have you ever looked at the United States of America flag and cracked the code on the symbolism of it? I did, I, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I made that a little project of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. But I can't say I completely cracked. I, I, I just, the other day, hold on, hold on. The other day, I was, uh, I don't know if that was in the serious mystery where Robert Temple was talking about the flag. But I, I, I was thinking... I thought it had something to do with uh, the star system, serious. But go ahead. What you got on that? 
I don't know. It, it could be, but, you know, I, I was in Revelation chapter 12. Okay. And, and what I think it's verse 3 or 4. It said, and that old serpent and the red dragon. Right. Cast to earth was cast to earth, and he drew a third of the stars down to earth. Right. Now, when when I look mm-hmm. at the star in in that context, star is symbolic for angels that that has fell to earth, and the tail mm-hmm. they were following the tail. And when I look at the American flag. Isn't it ironic the way that when it's shaped, it's, it's, it's got stripes going down, which are red, and it's got the stars, which are right behind it, following it. You ever, you ever check that out? Mm, no, not, not to that degree. So you're saying the, the, uh, the stripes point down and the, the, and the stars are, are superior to the stripes. They're above, like... Right, they are above, and why? Why did they put the stars in the dark? And they and they got the stripes pointing down, and I look at it as that the stripes is like the dragon, because it's a red dragon. He's got a red tail, and following right behind mm. that red tail, you got these stars, and I got to looking like, oh, am I on to something? Did it be? And and I pointed this out. To other people, and they and they and they were like, "Man, I never looked at it like that." Hmm. I'm gonna have to pay attention to that because you know, down here in Texas, these flags they put up these flags so big they look like a Winnebago, the size of yeah. So they really they really blow. There's it's two very large ones in particular. I think they're on I-20. So I uh-huh. got to uh, I got to pay attention to that. So you're saying that you think it's mimicking that scripture there in Revelation, right? Because you got the you got you got the tail of the dragon. Why does that scripture say? Now you you said something earlier. Everything is starting to unfold itself. Now when mm-hmm. when when we were in the blind, you can slip a lot of stuff by people when they're blind and sleep. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and right. you can slip it by them. And they wouldn't know. And when the time says, like it says in the Bible, there's going to come a time where knowledge is going to spread abroad, you know. And, 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 you know, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Right. And, and wow. when, when I look at it, when I look at it, why did they specifically put them stripes on a flag? Well, why did they put them those stars? Because you know when you when we look up in the in the sky, stars don't even look like that. Right. You know, right. stars are not like that. But when you look into the pagan side of things, the five pointed star has a representation of the apostolate, and the and the six pointed star is a is a pentagram. So to me. I think that there's a lot of people wearing something that they don't have a full understanding of. Well, well, 
I look at well, this this is my take on those symbols. Yeah. That that pentagram, penta is in five. If it's inverted or upright, I look at that as that symbol belonging to us. Because when you cut, okay, when you cut a Macintosh, when you cut a Macintosh apple in half. In the center of that apple, it makes. This is where they got the five-pointed star from. In the uh-huh. center of that Macintosh apple, it forms a five-pointed star. Now, if you go and look okay. up the the story of the the goddess Kor, and you look up Kor and Demeter yeah. and uh, Persephone, you know uh, that that uh, pertains to that whole concept of the core of the apple. Now that core okay. would be the nucleus, and that nucleus would be would represent the black dot, which would be melanin, or the actual morula that uh, comes in the blastocyst during uh, uh, stem cell production when the cell is you know when when the cell is first grown. Now, now, now. So, so if we take that and then we say they got fifty stars. Why did they? Why was it important for them to get to fifty? To have fifty stars on the flag. Well, in 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 uh, Wake's Kabbalah, he talks about something called the fifty gates of understanding. And once again, that fifty gates harkens back to that Christ energy. See, you, anytime you see five, 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 five yeah. it's talking about it's it's a Christ concept. So I, I think they take they take your image just like they take a swastika and it becomes theirs. They charge the, the symbol with their energy, and now in our right. mind it becomes the archetype of is something heinous. Right. Which the 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 swastika is another symbol of Christ. So I think it, what it is is through their through their uh, introduction into uh, masonry. They were introduced to these symbols, and they figured we'll take the symbols and we'll take the essence of something that does not belong to us, and we'll make it out. Oh, so they just what you're saying? They took our stuff, hijacked it, and 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 said it was theirs, like like how they taking jazz and blues right now. No doubt. No doubt. So I was so okay, so, I so let's take that. So then you look at a, you look at stars on a flag. Stars represent semen. Represent sperm. And you know you have star seed, seed, semen, sperm. So you got the colors blue and you have the colors red. Blue and red yeah. are complementary colors. Well, no, they're not red. Complementary to green, but but there, as in red is your is a hot color. Blue is cool. Red is lower chakra. Blue is one of your upper chakras. And you know, so red is is feminine. Blue is masculine. So they take those two together, and out of it comes the white. You know, you have a thing. It's called the Brotherhood of the White Light or the Brotherhood of Melchizedek. Okay. So I would I would liken the the white <laughs> supposed to represent, you know, the white light that they're saying is coming out of the 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 them 
basically, they're trying to say that we are the alchemy. We're working the alchemy. We are okay. in possession of the Christ energy, and we are working the alchemy. You know, because you got the Confederate flag at 13. That's another reference yes. to Christ. You got Christ, and you got 12 disciples. Mm. And see, those colors mm. are not originally United States. The color comes from Britain. And see, Britain's flag is, you know, you got the same symbol that Exxon has on Britain's flag. They just took the second cross and turned it. So that now you have eight, eight flanks. Those eight flanks represent the eight times of the year when the spiritual world, uh, the veil is thin between the, the, the physical and the spiritual world called the Sabbath. Sabbath. Now, once again, this is, yeah, Sabbath is where we get the word Sabbath. Sabbath don't originally mean seven. It means eight. So that's where they get the Sabbatic goat. But none of that stuff is theirs. It's all ours that was taught to them by the Moors. Okay, okay, the Moors put them up on it. Right, right. But that's all our stuff. The best way to hide Uh, stuff from people is to take it, corrupt it, and then say, no, this is evil. Or, oh, this uh, this is diabolical. Then nobody wants to deal with it. Uh huh. Hey, is let me let me ask you this: Is there a such thing as uh, you know? You we used to hear George Clinton and them talking about the mothership. You mm-hmm. know, uh, is, is that supposed to be a mothership? Sure is that supposed to be a mothership showing up for us to uh, come and free us from all this bullshit that's down there? We already own it. We are the mothership. See, what? It's, 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 alle- it's allegorical. The, the, the mere fact that we are on this line or on this broadcast, think, I always talk, we got, a, we got a group of us who have these conference calls, and I, and I like to remind us from time to time, how miraculous it is that we're even having this conversation. My father was born in 1937 and transitioned in 2014. My mother was born in 1946. The information that I have access to now relative to my parents is unbelievable. Now, I come from a home where, you know, my daddy had a library. But when I look at the stuff that I, because he paid, see what I'm saying? He paid a foundation, and I'm able to build on that. And the stuff that is being revealed right now, that is the mothership. It is us. The mothership is us. Mm. The more that we labor trying to crack these codes and just the, the, the mere fact that you even have a desire to want to know, that's the mothership. That's the mothership. Okay. That's it. Because the Kabbalion says that the mind is all and all is mental. 
What we what these stories is trying to show us is that everything started from your mind. You are the master builder. You're the master mason. And you are Hiram Mabiff who got knocked in the head. So now you waking back up like, oh man, what's going on? Oh, uh, my head hurt. Um, looking all around like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm starting to remember. Hold up, that right there, that was my house right there. Hold up, wait a minute. All of that was my land right there. Mm-hmm. You are Hiram Abyss waking up. I shade the C. Freeman L. You know, you know, black man and woman are buried in a shallow grave in the east. Your heart, your heart, your heart is waking back up. That is why you have this desire to be out there on the road. And still, your mind is not trapped in that truck. Your mind is in another dimension because your mind is starting to remember that it is something greater. That's the mothership. That's the mothership. That's it. And it's coming. Mm. Beautiful times. Mm. When, when, when. When do you think that gas throttle is is, is going to be full throttle, man? Where that's going to be that great awakening, where you know that giant that was asleep, now it's woke, crystal mm-hmm. clear, revelation, love spread apart, love is spread, you know, amongst us, our our people, the ones that's been oppressed and asleep. Well, I think it would be a mistake for any of us to try to put an actual time on anything. It uh-huh. could be it could be the next blink of an eye. It could be yep. in the morning. It could be five years. We don't know because the, the, this time is just something that we are experiencing in this reality we're in, but it really don't even exist. It's like I've had these spiritual inclinations at times where I feel like what's going to happen is we're going to wake up and it's going to be like it was a second that went by. The whole billion or trillion years that we've been here in three-dimensional reality, when we wake up, it'll be like, you know how you fell asleep before and you lost time? Yeah. You ever fell asleep and you don't even like, and somebody tell you, you know, you, you know when you're really tired, you go to sleep and you don't realize, they be like, uh-huh. man, you slept all day. Right. But to you, it feels like, it's like, I just feel like I just now went to sleep. And we going back and we're like, well, we find out history goes back, you know, at least three and a half billion years that we've been civilized, you know, which is a long time in our, the paradigm of thinking that we're in. But in a cosmic paradigm, I feel like we're going to wake up and be like, oh, shit, it's like, well, what happened? <laughs> oh, just five minutes. I thought I took a five-minute nap. Like, no, fool, well, you were asleep for four billion years. So... Mm. I, it's beyond. It's like, like brother Panic say. It's beyond 
what we can fathom. To be honest, it's be it's 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 the unfathomable. That's what's so beautiful about it. You know, we ain't we don't have the we don't have the mechanism to even forecast. It's beyond whatever we can think of. That's what that's 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 what we doing this for. You know, there's to, to settle for anything less than the cosmos is uncivilized. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Hey, brother, I appreciate you. I'm I'm up here where I gotta drop this load at. I'll, I'll uh, we'll tune into you next week, and I want to say thank you. Keep up the good work, and uh, may your uh, ur continue to burn. No doubt. I appreciate it, brother. And you, you be safe out there on the road and uh you know, and we and uh keep on banging and keep on stretching that mind and you know, we'll we'll come back together and chop it back up on the on the top side. That's right. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. No doubt. Appreciate you. Peace. Blessings, blessings. All right. All right, all right. Appreciate the caller calling in, brother. Always, this is the brother that dropped that 38th parallel on us when we was talking about the Super Bowl. I remember this brother. Always come and bring that science. You know, this is the great gathering, y'all. We we <laughs> we in the midst right now. We we are bringing it. We are bringing it about. We are bringing it on. We doing the work right here. You know. This is really a real time ritual going on in real time. Just 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 the energy that we create of just wanting to know and we come together and we gather under that banner, just wanting to know. These beautiful times. We'll see y'all May sixth for the Inner Sanctum event in Dallas. Uh the connection, knowing ourselves through alchemy. We're going to see y'all on um, mastersofthecosmos.com. I'll be keeping you updated. Come on over. Get your membership. You can either join as an Inner Sanctum member or you can become one of the adepts where we go in-depth. So stay tuned for that. If you got anything you want to hit me up about, you can go to hjrobinson360 at gmail.com. Hit me on my email, you know. People email me all the time asking questions or whatever. All of those who've been hitting me up, hey, I'm looking for y'all to come and join mastersofthecosmos.com. Let's just keep the crack the classroom rolling. Also, uh, go over, subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Gnosis, and uh, let's just keep this thing popping. And as always... If there are no other, nobody else got anything, you know, stay down till you get up. And when you get up, stay down. Brother Jamal sitting in for Blackwater, the Meta Magician. This has been another episode of Tips and Tricks Tuesday on First World Order Radio. Peace. H.J. Robinson. 
man from the mountaintop to the valley lows. But through it all, I've managed to maintain my soul. Encapsulated in every raindrop that falls on my rooftop is a goal or a dream shot. By situations, circumstances, there ain't always second chances. You say you're holding, show me what you got. And I can't cope with these shattered hopes, and yes, my back's against the ropes. I'm blowing steam from my kettle pot. Lend me your ears inside these tears is the pain associated with a man that's trying to find his spot. When you look in the eyes of your children, realize you can't supply the items of their desires. So when your pride drops and the book stops here to these fears, I adhere until some income is near. I guess the picture won't be clear, so I keep plugging like a mule still trudging on the rope. I'm tugging, try. It's not a relevant word. Your visions get blurred. I'm lost with no shirt. I wonder why. And I don't know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.